Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop, everyone. We're so glad you made it here. You've arrived. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialIneptitude.com. Kyle, it's been two weeks. Did you have a good two weeks? I did. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of like on the one hand, I kind of missed it. And on the other hand, I was like, ah, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Take, taking a, a weekend off. Not having to think of stories and having opinions i i missed it more than i was relieved to have it. i did miss it too more so i just missed chatting with my friend oh me too me too all right folks come on into the shop with us today sit back relax hedge against the rage machine we're all friends here we'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us we're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china sharing those ever-growing strategies for maximizing gains and cutting losses if you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, check out our knowledge or resource centers on financialineptitude.com or give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description, but the best place to be is our Discord server. We get on there every day. It's just a really awesome place. Uh, it's totally free. Bunch of amazing people. We got such a great, vibrant community. Everybody just trying to help each other and sharing what's going on. No paid tiers or special access areas. And and Kyle, when people join that server, is there anything they can they can do to enhance their experience? Really connect with the, the community. <laughs> I got a message from somebody uh, on the Discord who got his <laughs> beer koozie uh, for joining the server, and uh, he was questioning our decision to spend fifteen dollars to mail him. <laughs> <laughs> like I never claimed we were good at business. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, send us a message and we'll uh, try to get you something sent out your way. This show is a real moneymaker. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know what? We love you all so much. We don't care if it's costing us a bunch of money to send you that swag. We want you to have the swag straight from the shop. We're just we're that glad you're here. If you really, really want, you can check out the merch in the uh, the China shop. Yeah, we do. We do have that that link in the episode description. Finally got a shop. shop. The first taste is free. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Give you a little bit for free. Get you hooked. We're glad everybody's here. It's so much fun. And it's always better with friends. Uh, speaking of friends. Hey, Kyle, got any show news to report? Uh, yeah, next week we have Kira Turner, the trader and moderator over at T3 Live that will be getting released. Uh, we'll be collaborating with Off the Rails podcast uh, the week after that. Uh, we'll also be recording with Job over at Odorflow Labs for the next installment of Back to the Futures. Topic of the month is going to be inventory and profiling. Uh, if you want to get a head start, uh, you can check out the OFL YouTube channel. Job has a couple videos on there titled volume profiling that should give you a head start on on the month's discussions wonderful yeah 
I'm I'm eager to talk to Job, uh, and it's not just because he's got the biblical name. No, we saw his uh, the the primer uh, or not the, the syllabus that he's put together, and it looks like it's going to be a really fun conversation. Indeed, indeed, everybody definitely going to want to check that out. Whether you trade futures or not, it's it's very valuable insights and information on auction theory. The information is useful on pretty much any market. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, everybody strapped in because we've got a juicy. July-ish jam-packed episode for you today. Who, who came up with this week's adjectives? That was actually your 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 uh, adjective. Yeah. So we got lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than the Fed has tools to fight inflation. <laughs> you besides the raise rates, that's kind of a low bar, isn't it? J- just the one. But we got more options than one. Okay. It's it's a truthful statement. Reach out to us. We love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Get on the Discord. Got the link to that Discord in the episode description. If you're old school, you can send us an email to twobulls at financialneptitude.com. That's the number two bulls at financialneptitude.com. Or you can give us a phone call. Or even you can even text this number, by the way, which we encourage you to do. That number is 725-22-BULLS. That's 725-222. 8557. And no, we're not logging your numbers for spam. We're spam. We're just trying to get funny stuff so we can share it on the show. You know, that way we don't have to write it and you can write it because you're sending it to us. Uh, Maybe it's a hot stock tip you got. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe some asshole stole the last piece of jewelry to your name. And now you've got to track him down before he just straight throws it into a volcano just because he hates it. Doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. One ring to rule them all? One ring to find them. Wait, can we say the last thing without copyright infringement? Probably not. Better just skip it. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's good, because if we don't finish it, no one will know what we're talking about. Exactly. All right. You want to talk about the bet? Uh, If you want to start. Okay. Well, I shorted Ford. Started out really great. Uh, Opened at 11.5. Eleven dollars five cents, and like day one or two, it, it hit my first take profit at ten seventy. I was feeling pretty good until three days after that. Uh, two two days after that, it, it hit my stop, which I, which moved down to to break even. So I, I I was out of the bet like halfway through week one. I didn't take two weeks into account properly, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, I'm at I'm at five hundred and seven dollars ninety two cents. Five hundred seven ninety two. Okay. I shorted Bristol Myers Squibb. Uh, it opened at seventy six thirty seven, and then finally hit my take profit yesterday at seventy four dollars or Thursday, I should say. Uh, dipped out of my balance area, and then on Thursday I managed to close at seventy four oh one. So I was back in the trade as a long this time. Closed mm. Friday at seventy five sixty five. So with all that convoluted mess, I made twenty seven dollars and a penny. Wow. Okay. Well, that's more than I made. <laughs> uh, well, don't get too excited because random went long HLF and I did check to make sure it didn't hit its trailing stop loss, but it did not. Uh, HLF opened at 2130 and closed at 2283. So random is now sitting at 53592. Oh. Seriously? Is this again? I thought we were past losing to random. Shit. Uh, it's only the first week. It's only the first no, week. No, it's two weeks, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all positive, though. That's, that's something. All right, well, we better get our shit together. I did pretty well when I was actually uh, just 
using random against it and picking my own random stock. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's let's move on and talk about some news. All right. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skittles trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill. No, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, Dan. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? Sometimes I think of it as two bulls trading in formation, like uh, planes that fly in formation. Ah, I kind of like that. Yeah. 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 Two meanings there. Ah. Little little Top Gun. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Wait, which one of us is Maverick? I'm Goose. Oh, God damn it. I wanted to be Goose. You can be Maverick. I want to be Goose. I like the name, even though he does. (laughs) You just want to bail out three quarters of the way through the show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where are we starting here? Well, I, I, I got a nice story about the Fed. Okay. Little little thing that the uh, from Reuters about how uh, the Fed staff members at the Fed, not, not like Bullard or Powell or anybody, but staff members at the Fed do say that the balance sheet runoff could strain the treasury market. What? Yeah. Yeah. And that could uh, amplify the effect of the reductions on financial markets and raising interest rates more than the Fed is anticipating. Which department do these people work for? Is it the the obvious department? (laughs) I want to know is where were they when Powell was like, it's it's transitory. Right. Yeah. I mean, speak up sooner, boys. I guess the Atlanta Fed researcher uh, named Bin Wei uh, was estimating that if this was just normal times, reducing their their the Fed holding of the Treasury bonds by two point two trillion over the next three years would uh, would have the impact of increasing short term short term federal funds policy rate by about uh, 0.3 percentage points or point two nine. Okay, and but. Uh, because of the heightened volatility and stress, we're looking at uh, 0.74, so almost three times worse than what it would be oh. if we were in a great market. So how does the staff uh, know this and, and the actual members of the Fed don't? Well, I think, I think it's, we're, we're getting staff members talking that we don't normally hear from. Yeah. I, think, I think this is the stuff that the, the, Fed, Fed, the, the head of the Fed... Like Powell, they're aware of this, but you know, they translate it into market whispering. Like, shh, they're there. Calm down, market. It's okay. It's gonna be okay. Just, just a little bit. I'm just gonna put it in a little bit. <laughs> just, just, gonna, <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> oh God. Well, I saw another thing uh, building on the the inflation discussion. Uh, a broad based measure of inflation expectations that have been flagged by the Federal Reserve. 
Chairman uh, Powell rose to 2.19% at the end of the second quarter from 217 at the end of the first. So they're saying that the broad-based inf- inflation expectations index is rising. Uh, this was developed by the Fed board economists in late 2020. It's an index of common inflation expectations that comprises more than 20 different indicators, measuring the attitudes of consumers, investors, professional forecasters towards future price increases. Uh, this index has been rising steadily since 2020, and the latest reading was the second highest on record dating back to 1999. Wow. Uh, the release of this index comes after news this morning that consumers are inspecting 2.8% over the next 5 to 10 years, according to a preliminary survey by the University of Michigan, which is the lowest since July of last year and down from a final reading of 3.1% last month. So there's some conflicting information here. Yeah. Consumers seem to see consumers have a better look or, or feel that inflation is coming down, whereas the Fed's indicator that they made in 2020 is showing the opposite. Huh? Showing the opposite. So who do you believe? Makes you wonder what was this the indicator that was telling him it was transitory? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would be good to know. Um, there is some good news. I mean, the, after the CPI infor- uh, numbers came out this week, which was not good. Um, the members of the Fed were coming on and saying that uh, they still didn't think that 100 bips was on the table, or at least currently isn't right now. I think that's why we saw a nice little rally to end the week, because uh, the the market was getting hammered when that inflation report came out. And a lot of people are expecting 100 basis points. As it stands so far, uh, it seems like they're waiting for more economic data to review, um, at least one of them came, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, it wasn't Bullard. It was one of the other ones. Uh, he said that um, he said that they didn't want to do any knee-jerk reactions based on this one report. <laughs> we need two or three more reports before they do a knee-jerk reaction. Right. Like a year's worth <laughs> or two. Uh, I did hear Bullard speaking on Friday where he was uh, in favor of front-loading all the rate hikes. Uh, so I think Bullard's kind of stopped being the bull. He's <laughs> gone back to normal. He didn't sound nearly as dovish on Friday, yeah, when he was (laughs) with the comments that I was reading. But I don't don't know that I disagree with that. I mean, just rip the Band-Aid off, do it all at once, get it over with, and then you can start cutting it after that. I think think you got to. I think that's the smartest thing I've heard come out of the Fed uh, in forever. More than... than than trading uh, stocks right before Powell's emergency COVID report comes out. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, d- definitely, definitely better for the market. Look, you can't like this should have been taken care of before the whole COVID shutdowns, right? Like there's no mm-hmm. excuse to have still been buying assets 10 years after the 2008-2009 recession. Like, it's just absolute idiocy, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you remember the tantrum that was thrown the one time they tried to stop. Uh, Yeah, they got three months in. Yeah. The market wasn't skyrocketing into an election cycle, so we got to get back to it. Ugh, no, it's it's never been worse than it is. So, and, and and this is the only time we've ever done this. So people can only guess as to how mm-hmm. it's going to play out. Which who were we we asking? Was it Stephen right. Mathai Davis when we were like, "Do you think that uh, it's this is going to be you know real bad? If they're going to tank the markets with this?" And he was like, "No, the Fed knows what they're doing." I'm like, "Do they though?" <sighs> I don't. I don't have a lot of confidence. <laughs> 
I mean, I didn't challenge him on it then and there because that would be ridiculous. But uh, as we're talking about this story, right. I'm thinking like, damn, maybe I should have. Do they know? Do they it sound know? like they need to listen to their staffers. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to know did. what else staff has been saying. I wish we could go into the Fed and see what they're like graffitiing on the bathroom walls because that's probably the, the best best shit right there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, you got any other uh, any other news stories that we want to touch on here? Million news stories. I've only been gone for two weeks. Um, since we're since we're on the <laughs> since we're on the Fed, though, I did want to touch on a study that found. Uh, you remember the the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP stuff that the the Fed was giving out yeah. to businesses. Yep. A study found seventy five percent of the eight hundred billion dollar program. Uh, didn't actually make it to wages. Wow, that's uh, that's ridiculous. So for every four dollars spent, only one dollars one dollar hit wages and benefits to for workers. That's insane. I knew there was going to be a lot of abuse of this program, but I didn't think it'd be nearly that high. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, I mean, it, some of the money did did make it, but not quite where we wanted it to go. I want to know what they expected. Oh, right, right. They expect because they knew that they pushed this thing through without proper checks in place, and they just figured, oh, we'll deal with it after the fact. So, are they going to? Do they have the ability to go back now and make it right? I guess I don't know. The the headline makes it worse than it is because if you remember, these were funky loans. These were loans, but they would be forget. They were forgiven if uh, employee. And compensation levels were maintained, and uh, presumably the loan proceeds were spent on payroll costs and other eligible expenses. I don't know what the list of all eligible expenses are, but okay. So, depending on how they were reported, this this seems to be like a lot of free money for business owners, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, it should be interesting seeing how that whole thing gets sorted out. I don't think it's going to get sorted beyond what already happened. Uh, <laughs> I think they're just going to move on. Well, it depends on how rich you are. Yeah. If you are at the upper end of the spectrum, you probably are okay. If you are a small business owner, uh, look out. I I don't know. I don't know. The hotel I was working for was owned by a small business owner. And while while hours were working, hours were restored for for a good amount of employees. Um, they were also <laughs> the paychecks of the owner and his wife were also restored and they barely showed up three times a month. Right. So <clears throat> I'm just saying there are very easy ways to get around to the forgiveness thing. <laughs> yeah, we kept all our employees, including ourselves. Uh, you remember uh, you remember China? We're talking about uh... China. Who, what, what is China? I've never heard of it. Is it a is it a company? Is that a business? No, no, no. We we're talking about the rural banks in the Henan pro uh, province that were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were reading about the stories about the people that are getting like fake COVID tests that were saying that they were infected and couldn't travel when they were going traveling anywhere near their bank. Right. <laughs> well, apparently that actually has gotten uh, out of hand. Uh oh. Um, protesters. It says that there are peaceful protesters that were trying to uh, just get their money back out of these banks. Uh, the Chinese authorities on uh, last week uh, violently dispersed them. Oh, oh, 
Yes. So since April, four rural banks in the central Henan province have frozen millions of dollars worth of deposits, threatening the livelihood of hundreds of thousands of customers in an economy already battered by, this is quoting the article here, draconian COVID lockdowns. Oh, God. There's been several demonstrations in the city of Zhengzhou, the provincial capital of Henan, over the past two months, but the demands have obviously not been uh, listened to. So um, last week on Sunday, more than a thousand of those depositors across China gathered outside the branch of the country's central bank, the People's Bank of China, to launch the largest protest yet, uh, as was told to CNN. Wow. That's the largest demonstration China's seen since the pandemic. And then they just uh, just rounded them up? I'm trying to see how they actually dispersed it, but uh, the protesters actually arrived before dawn, some as early as 4 a.m. to try to, so that way the authorities wouldn't see them. (laughs) I think this was to try to get around the the tampering that the government was doing with the COVID health code system. Yeah, yeah. So hundreds of police and security personnel, uniforms and plain clothes assembled, surrounded the site as protesters shouted gangsters at him. Face-off lasted for several hours till after 11 a.m. when Rosa's security officers suddenly charged up the stairs, clashed with protesters who threw bottles and other small objects at him. The scene quickly descended into chaos as security officers dragged protesters down the stairs and beat those who resisted, including women and the elderly, according to witnesses. Oh, damn. You'd rather beat up an old woman than let her withdraw her money from the bank. Oh, ah, yeah, that's that's rough. Thing, things are rough in China, for sure. Yeah. I mean, every time you talk to somebody, they're like, oh, it's not so different. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple things are different. Yeah, it is a little bit. Right now, you know, you remember all the problems with the real estate sector in China, right? Yeah. It, Evergrande yeah. going under, like they were just trying to expand too fast. Uh, well, now people are refusing to pay their mortgages. <laughs> The the headline is China stocks plunge as home buyers refuse to repay loans. Yeah, that's which is a pretty provocative headline. Yeah. But if you get into the nitty gritty of the story, this is on uh, AsiaFinancial.com. And I quote, a growing number of home buyers have in the past few weeks threatened to stop making mortgage payments if property developers do not resume construction of pre-sold homes. So it's not like people are like, I'm not paying my mortgage. They're like, I'm not paying my mortgage on the house you won't finish building. Yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. I hope that works out for them. The financial index is down 3.3%. The Chinese mer- China Merchants Bank is down 6.3%. And the Bank of Chengdu lost 5% uh, earlier in the same day. So now if not just real estate companies, now the banks are getting hit too. Okay. Yeah. That's a really misleading headline. Yeah. Refuse to repay loans. No, 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 no. That loan was for a, a thing and that thing is not being delivered. You're going to, you're going to pay your car payment if they won't give you the car. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I have to keep an eye on this. I want to see how this one resolves. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, Kyle, you want to you wanna mention what the Bank of Canada did to shock everybody? No offense to our Canadian listeners, but does anybody care? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just joking. <laughs> Please don't be mad, Joel. <laughs> no, uh, thanks to David for setting this story in. <laughs> 
Uh, Bank of Canada actually uh, uh, raised their benchmark rate by 100 basis points on Wednesday, which like shocked everybody. Oh, yeah. The, the way they describe this is the central bank is attempting to set a fire hose against scorching inflation. Yeah. Uh, they had previously raised by 50 bips the, the past two increases, but everyone was expecting a 75 bip raise. Uh, so they, I think they were just, everyone was pretty shocked that they, they, they came in hot with, with the full 100 point basis hike. Well, that's what Buller is trying to do for us, right? It's like just raise it all at once and let it let it go. I mean, not all at once, but you know, more in the front than less in the back. So it looks like Canada might be beating us to the punch. Goddamn cucks, always trying to be first. <laughs> is that is that ever going to be a slur? <laughs> like you're like that's our word, you bastard. Can't say cuck. We'll see if uh, we can get uh, some listeners to respond with whether or not that's okay. <laughs> You don't want to take any chances. I don't. I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> I'm still a little gun shy after uh, after I tried to short the post office. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, hey, Kyle. You know who doesn't denigrate our fine Canadian neighbors? Oh, she does loans up there. No, she just doesn't talk shit about them. Two Bulls in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of people purchase, refinance, even do reverse mortgages. Sue helps with all the things. She's licensed in 28 states, so reach out, see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her, just give her a call, 520-977-7904, or send her an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com, and that phone number is 520-977-7904. And speaking of Canadians that we love, uh, Two Bulls and a China Shop is also proudly affiliated with Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders, which means you can learn to trade like those big institutions. We've got a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders, and there's no better place that we've found to learn everything you need to know to be a successful trader. Find them online at tradeproacademy.com, or you can just use that affiliate link in the episode description as you can help support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. And as far as I know, if you do join that Discord, our 10% discount code still works. Just uh, just don't tell George. Oh, you know, uh, on top of the amazing, amazing folks at Trade Pro Academy, uh, we also have a thing going with the amazing Order Flow Labs. Uh, they've shared their toolkit with us for trading futures yes. uh, on Sierra Charts, Motive Wave, and Ninja Trader. Uh, the most amazing custom studies for structure and execution by cell zones, exhaustion absorption detectors, liquidity zones, uh, reconstructed tape, uh, Job pivots, which, you know, stay tuned for that Job episode. Uh, he's the guy from the pivot. Uh, yes. They've got something for everyone. Constantly offering videos and training and, and engaging and answering questions. They're, they're just amazing guys with amazing tools. So if you are trading futures, you really do yourself a favor. Check them out at orderflowlabs.com. So working on trying to get an affiliate code discount for them. <laughs> U.S. and I think the, the, the retort was that we should have a, a, a T-shirt instead. 
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Yeah. <laughs> a collaborative t-shirt. Yeah, we got to collaborate on a t-shirt. Oh, hey, Kyle, let's, let's talk about some stocks. All right, let's do it. Talk about stocks time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stop time. Please don't sue us. All right, you want to start us off? I think you got two stories to my one. So, uh, uh, this, it's with a heavy heart I share this story. This came up, this popped up uh, July 5th. <sighs> There's a company called Glance. Uh, they're they originated, I believe, in India, and they're looking to launch in U.S. They are a Google-backed company that, Kyle, they're going to start showing ads on the Android phone lock screens. Oh, you fucking kidding me. No. Oh, that is ridiculous. No. So, I mean, there's never been a bigger reason to switch to iPhones. <laughs> I'm just saying they've been around since 2019 and it does look like they're moving in to the States. They're uh, according to a TechCrunch report, they're looking to launch in the U S within the next two months. They're negotiating with U S carriers. They're trying to partnership and become part of an out of the box experience for several smartphone models. That was a, in quotes, out of the box. In Asia, they were, they're just working right with the manufacturers, but here they want to work with like the carriers. Mm-hmm. Because that's, you know, who has the iron grip on cell phone, the cell phone market. I'm not happy about this. So is Glance a, a publicly traded company or no? No, they're just a partnered and backed by Google, as far as I know. Okay, so Google is the... I, I don't like it either, uh, especially as an Android user. But if you're a stock owner, they probably like the idea of more ad revenue coming in. <sighs> you know... Assuming people <sighs> don't leave. If I own stock in a company, I don't want to make money by robbing old ladies on the street, you know, right. just because just just it's increasing the bottom line doesn't mean it's good for society or the right ethical, moral right, thing to right. do. And damn it, I remember the days when you just owned your phone. Not paid for it for months on end? I'm scared that Futurama joke where they just beam ads right into your dreams is, is going to come to fruition. Yeah. I mean, we got we got ads coming in the bathroom on the toilet paper dispenser. You got to watch an ad to get your toilet paper in Asia. That's that. I wouldn't be surprised if that's not on its way. Probably see it in airports first. What we talked about that like a year ago. Remember that? 
No. Yeah. No, I was glad to forget it. Yeah. It's a thing out of my nightmare. How long is the ad? How long do you have to wait? I think I think they were like 15 second ads. Oh, okay. Uh, so basically you just sit down and you start watching ads right away so you can bank that tape toilet paper. Yeah, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> so anyway, while I have enjoyed having a nice picture on my lock screen, now um, I'm just glad I have an iPhone and I'm I'm really scared it catches on and Apple's like, well, we got to join them instead of, you know, just gloating at all the people who ditch their Android for an iPhone. Yeah, I have a feeling that's probably going to be the route this goes, unfortunately. Uh, speaking of Google, the Google's got their split coming up to next week. Next week. Yeah, Monday is the day they execute their 20 for 1 split. And the stock does not look great. Like it's making uh, higher slightly higher highs and higher lows, but on a big bear move. So I wouldn't trust it. Yeah. It looks, it looks like a massive bear flag is what it looks like to me. Yeah. So we'll see what happens uh, after the split. Usually splits are good for a stock though, right? I mean, it makes it more affordable. So anybody who wants to own Google now, they can buy 20 shares for the price of one. That just makes it easier for, you know, people like us to accumulate. So you would think that you'd see something some sort of good uh, uh, movement because of that. But as we talk, it's uh, it's at $2,255 a share. Uh, it, it, uh, it hit a low in May of 2040. Mm-hmm. That was a big support. It was a big support there. When you look at the volume profile, if it, if it breaks through below there, is that right around 2000? Yeah. 2040. And then, and then it's almost a hundred dollars lower. <laughs> the nice, nice gap. Yeah, there's a little, nice little gap in there to fill from January 2021. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens after after that split. I don't think anything tech related is looking good these days, though. I mean, there's some of these. I've, I've seen a lot of growth stocks that have hit their pre-COVID highs already, and there's a lot of these big name companies like Apple, Google, Amazon that haven't come close. So I I don't know the, that scares me a little bit out of some of these bigger names. I thought Google's pre-COVID high was fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. So I'm saying a lot of these haven't hit it yet. Oh, they haven't gotten down that low. If you look at what happened to a lot of the growth stocks, a lot of these growth stocks have already been hammered down to at or below that. Oh, okay, Google. So Google, you're saying Google's got a, quite a ways to go. Yeah, look at GE. GE's pre-COVID high was $105. It's at 62 and Oof. going to its pre-COVID low in the four, you know, below 50. Let's see. Target, uh, Target is about $15 away from its pre-COVID high. And then you got Apple and Apple is uh, almost double. Mm. It's trading at about 150. It's pre-COVID high was 80, $81, $82. Oof. So yeah, that, that, that still scares me out of some of these bigger names like Apple, Google, Amazon. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. Kyle is a bear in a china shop. I'm just a scared bull. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a terrified bull. Uh, I am. Uh, I came across a really funky story about American Airlines. Um, and we've been talking a lot about airlines lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it turns out uh, a guy named Sam Tossig was on vacation with his family and while they were there american airlines started switching their return ticket i think i think many of us have have experienced this before where you get the email and it's like oh yeah you were we had you on that 
7.30 Chicago flight, but we, we changed it to 9.30. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had that happen. That happens to me all the time. That's normal, yeah. My my Ireland, Ireland trip had four changes before I actually flew there and back. Oh, oof. Well, the problem with uh, with the switch they gave the, this, poor, this poor bastard is they switched the family's return tickets to leave from an airport in another country, a different airport. Uh, he was, he was on the, the uh, Island of St. Lucia and they changed the flight leaving from, instead of leaving from St. Lucia, they changed it to St. Vincent or the other way around. So he thought there was like an error and he, he called them up. And after three hours, he, he learned like, Nope, they've uh, not only been bumped, but the, They'd been, there was a family of nine and they'd been split up as well, bumped and split up. So this guy ultimately had to charter a jet, uh, or sorry, he had to charter a private plane uh, to avoid being stuck on the island for a whole week and the family split up. He had to fly them to Barbados on a private charter. Oh my God. Cost him 30 grand to get everyone home. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and they charged him three thousand dollars in fees to switch everybody over to fly out of Barbados. <laughs> oh, the fuck, American Airlines! That's ridiculous. And apparently, their customer service was not helpful either. Oh, I'm shocked to hear that. Some of their insane solutions was to split up part of the family, put most of them on a flight a week later, if not longer, and then to do that, they're going to charge them change fees, reissue fees, and uh, other fees which weren't clear, new fares. And they'd also be stuck on the island for an extra week with no compensation for hotels or meal vouchers or anything else. Yeah. Wow. American Airlines, you really fucked up on that one. In their defense, none of these flights were in America. So, I mean, they're American Airlines, Kyle. <laughs> they're not all over the world airlines. I mean, okay. I guess <laughs> I guess that works. <laughs> Speaking of another stock uh, below its COVID high, uh, this is definitely one. It never got above it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this stock has been kind of stuck in a channel from like 10 to 26. Its, it's pre-COVID high was set in 2018, so it was bearish going into the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, and not seeing much to make it look better either. No, no. We've, we've talked about this stock before. Uh, I, I certainly... Yeah, would would want to see it doing doing a lot better than it's doing to go long on airlines again. I think you need to see at least a higher high before you try to get involved in this one, which it kind of did uh, not too long ago, back in April. At the end of April, it put in a higher high finally, but then it just went down and sent a lower low. So this <laughs> is still not looking good. I don't think I want to be long this stock unless it gets above twenty six thirty. I think. Yeah, <laughs> unless it almost doubles from where it's at. <laughs> uh, it's crazy to say that, but I mean that's. Yeah, that's exactly. And then also in airline news, apparently there was a Delta Airlines flight from London Heathrow. I think they flew to Detroit. Yeah, from London Heathrow to J- Detroit uh, with no passengers, but 1,000 missing bags. So if you've ever lost a bag on Delta. Apparently what happened there was that London was, the Heathrow airport was limiting the number of passengers that could leave. And so this flight was already like scheduled to go, but they couldn't take any passengers due to the restrictions that Heathrow put on them. So they just loaded it up with all the bags that they lost, I'm guessing, in that day. <laughs> <laughs> day <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like there's a hundred thousand people leaving that city i think that was the the max number like how do you have a thousand missing bags like did they take them from other airlines or is this all deltas that's a good question i think it's all deltas anyway all right kyle what what stocks are you looking at 
All right. Uh, well, really, there's one. We talked about BMI a couple of weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Still liking mm-hmm. that one. Uh, but uh, Albertsons is actually the one that really caught my attention this past week. Albertsons. And if you look at the massive triangle it's formed. What? Uh, what's the stock picker? ACI. ACI. Oh, look at that double top. Oh, I'm looking at the daily. Yeah, the double top, but then look at the look at the the triangle that's <laughs> forming on this thing. Massive support at twenty six seventy, roughly twenty six sixty seven, and then now over the last let's see one two three four days, we're now rotating underneath that support level. Mm. Couple that with the gap uh, down to twenty four ninety that needs to be filled and. The speed at which it ran from 20 to 20, 29 uh, was just pretty epic. So there's not going to be a whole lot supporting that when it decides to finally come back down. So I actually picked up a couple calls on this uh, Friday, uh, about middle of the day when I saw it was still rotating in that area. Calls? I'm sorry, puts. Yes. Some August dated puts. They got earnings coming up, um, not this coming week, but the week after. I'm guessing... I don't know what I want to do with it. I might try to get rid of them before that earnings, but uh, it definitely looks like it's getting ready to start its fall. All right. So yeah, I saw it spend, well, let's see, one, two, three, four days rotating below that 2670 uh, support line. Uh, so I picked up a couple puts on uh, Friday uh, just because I mean, this looks like it's about ready to start its fall. And if you look at the rise that it went through uh, the beginning of August of last year, I think that was around the time when Buffett took a big uh, uh, stake in the company. Mm, that's right. Um, there's not a whole lot to support it. And it's got a nice juicy uh, gap to fill that goes down to about 2490. Betting against Buffett, huh? Uh, yeah. He's getting old. <laughs> well, and it's a, it's definitely a, a bear market. And has Buffett looked at this chart? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll find out he's already sold. That's why it's going down as he's been unloading. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that uh, that's the main one that stuck out to me that I wanted to mention. Well, then uh, I suppose we should move on and talk about some crypto. Yes. I got some crypto in my wallet. Hanging out on my Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, I got some crypto in my wallet. All right. Uh, the big crypto story I think we got to talk about is all the bankruptcies going on. Yeah. Is it like 25 different exchanges? The one that really stuck out was this Voyager. I was reading up a little bit about like some of the people that have like just gotten completely screwed out of their life savings. Like, you remember how we talked about FDIC being like mm-hmm. kind of a key thing for you know a good regulated exchange? Like that's how you know that your money's protected. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, people can just say that and not actually be insured. What? So Voyager, this is one of the latest ones to go bankrupt. Is yeah. It's advertisements claim that in the, quote, rare event, your USD funds are compromised due to the company or our banking partner's failure. You are guaranteed a full reimbursement up to $250,000. Okay. 
Its banking partner, Metropolitan Commercial Bank, is FDIC insured, but Voyager is not. So you've got people that had, you know, 38,000, millions, hundreds of thousands, like people that now just pretty much have no idea what they're going to get back as the Voyager. If any. As, yeah, filed for bankruptcy. Um, they're blaming us on the, the three the three arrows capital. Yeah, three arrows capital for the trouble saying that uh, they've not repaid a $650 million loan to them. But but still, I mean, why, why are you making loans that big? They're going to put you bankrupt. Uh, because it's the roaring 20s. Uh, it kind of feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just so shitty, though, to tell everyone that, like, oh, your money's protected. No, no, it's not. Oh, that was just a marketing ploy to get your money. Yeah, and the worst thing is that I mean you you could take them to court, but guess what? <laughs> They're in bankruptcy, so oh, you're probably yeah. probably not going to matter. Get nothing. Uh, so the CEO is telling the customers that their assets are safe. Uh, this was weeks before they filed for bankruptcy, and then uh, let's see, in early June, it tweeted that all products and services fully operational remain unaffected by current market conditions. Take risk management very seriously, and safeguarding customer assets is the number one priority. Uh, they also stated they never engaged in DeFi lending activities. Uh, not sure what it's constituting as DeFi lending, but they definitely lended a lot of money to 3AC. Uh, they did pick up a half a million dollar line of credit from quant trading shop Alameda Ventures in late June, but that still didn't help. Um, it was worrying about a run on the bank, uh, in quotes, due to users attempting to withdraw their funds. As the court filing stated, they ultimately decided to move forward with Chapter 11. So the users, some of the things the users are saying, they had no idea that Voyager would be lending their customers' money out to hedge funds. Uh, they said, had I known it would possibly be lent out, I probably just kept it in cash in my safe. Uh, this fellow, Robert, says he did everything a reasonable person would do, which is go through, look at the company. He noticed the company wasn't targeted by regulators, thought that a good sign, should have known. Everything in hindsight, obviously, is a different thing. And then there's even Scott Melker, a well-known crypto investor and podcaster with uh, nearly a million Twitter, Twitter followers. Uh, he's uh, told Fortune that he's been using Voyager since 2019 as multiple seven figures stuck on the platform. Yeah. It's unclear what they're going to end up doing. I think the hope is that Voyager restructures, not liquidates, but it's still going to be scary at this point. I thought the whole idea of stable coins was that money was getting loaned out to speculators. Well, I mean, is this, is Voyager only doing stable coins? I don't know. I don't know. But like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're offering a 9% APY. There's no way you're getting 9% if they're not lending it out. And the same's true for a bank. I mean, that's what banks do. Like, ugh, I yep. don't know. Just seem, just, I'm not, I, I'm not siding with the crypto exchange. I'm just questioning how much due diligence people did if they didn't, I didn't know they were lending my money out. I thought they were just giving me 9%. Like, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> No, the thing that that's shitty is the the claiming to be FDIC insured because that's what oh, people see and they think like, oh, straight fraud. There's my protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up fraud. To lie about that, to straight lie about that, like fuck those guys. I hope they go to prison for that shit. They should. They absolutely should. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. the, the only thing I have to say about this though is that if the Fed can't even define what crypto is, like how are they going to insure it? Yeah. Yeah. If you see any crypto platform out there claiming to be FDIC insured, I would 
I would really seriously question that. Oh. All right. All right. Should we take it home? Yeah. Now that I fucking oh, shot you. Fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, boy. I don't know that I have much good to really talk about this week. I guess just uh, in general, I've, I felt like my progress was at least in, you know, I was moving in the right direction. Um, I didn't even trade, so. <laughs> oh, if you didn't trade, I'll just go ahead and knock this out real quick then so we can move on to a bet pick. All right. I was doing pretty good uh, trading my uh, prop account this week. I was actually up like a couple hundred bucks on it. I was trying to to make the 1500 to get it you know, funded over the course of 10 days. Uh, and then I kept noticing like just some really shitty like executions that were happening. Like it would forget to to close out uh, a client order like over the one cancels another like with your brackets yeah like oh the take profit get hit but yet the stop is still active in there for some reason and that kind of screwed me on friday and that kind of just led to a bit of a meltdown just anger uh, on my part oh. so, uh, yeah so i i had a, a I had a, a short position active. I saw the Dom thinning out. And then I remember asking our room was like, Oh, did, uh, is there some news event coming up? Cause uh, Dom is like dying off. And before I even had a chance to hit the, the shift Q button to flatten my trade, it just shot up 20 points. The stop didn't execute. And then it ended up, uh, yeah, just pretty much wiping out the entire week's gains. And I was so mad at that point that I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to YOLO and then just try to just either bankrupt this account because it you know cost me thirty bucks like you know, whatever. The only thing I'm out now is just the time I spent invested in it. Yeah, but fuck, I couldn't even do that right. I'm only halfway to <laughs> to blowing that account out. <laughs> like shit, so now I got to do it on Monday too. <laughs> Kyle, give send me the login credentials. I'll blow out your account, no problem. Getting pretty good at it. You want to finish it off? I'll let you finish it. Uh, you got till the thirtieth before it gets renewed. If you can, uh, if you can either make fifteen hundred uh, plus the seven fifty, it's already down. Then mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe we'll get something out of it. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the I'll send you the login information. <laughs> Do I need to download any software? Why not? Be fun. Uh, yeah, you might have to download Ninja Trader. Is is, is that is that your week? Yeah, that's pretty much the week. I think there is some good, bad, and ugly all mixed in the same thing. As bad that I lost my composure. It was good that I was doing well up to that point. I didn't waste any of my money. I just wasted, you know, my time. Yeah. And then on top of all that too, even when I was trying to blow an account, I still, I guess I've progressed enough with risk management that's so ingrained in my head that it's even now hard to even do that. Oh, yeah. I'm either going to make all that money in 10 minutes or the count's done. I'll tell you that right now. All right. That works for me. <laughs> 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 oh, all right. Let's uh, let's make a bet. All right, let's do it. I need it, wanna beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. I'm filling my position, quit your bitch, and random's gonna lose. Got a chart for the levels and a stop that's not too tight. It's bet, pick a time in the shop, so pick them right. Okay, I guess I get to go first since I was the smallest winner. Yes, sir. I'm tempted to steal your Albertson short. 
You motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I, I've just, I just oh. wanted to let you know that I could, uh, I'm going to short till Ray. Oh, okay. I was going to say you can, that's the <laughs> benefits of going first. I know. I know I could. I'm not gonna, I'm going to short, I'm going to short till Ray. They, uh, on, on Thursday, I think there was some news. People were really excited. They were like, oh, the Democrats are finally going to legalize weed in the Senate. And, uh, you know, Friday. Pe- I saw they were putting it to the Senate. Yeah. And Friday, people were like, oh, yeah, but there's it's still a, a goddamn long shot. So it, it, it spiked up to almost yeah. four dollars from three dollars, almost 20 some percent. Uh, but Friday, it, it popped back down to three thirty. So. Just looking at levels and balance, I think I think I'd like to short Tilray and have my first take profit at three fifteen and my second at three, and then my stop is gonna be two. Uh, my stop is gonna be three forty. Oh, oh! I should say, I should say, if uh, if it opens above three forty, I'll I'll go long. Um, with uh, take profits oh, okay. at uh, three fifty five and three seventy. Okay, sorry. Anyway, Albertsons. All right, then obviously I'm going with Albertsons shorting. Um, first take profits going to be at let's say twenty five, and the second one. I mean, I doubt we get to it, but just say twenty three. Okay. Stop loss will be at twenty seven fifty. Actually, you know what? Skip the 25. Just all or nothing at 23. <laughs> That's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for you. Well, I, if I, my stop is going to be a dollar fifty away, I can't have a dollar take profit. That just doesn't make sense. Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds good to me. So, yeah, 27.5, stop loss. Sounds good to me. What's, uh, what's random up to? Random, uh, we got the New York Stock Exchange, Public Utilities, the company's ticker is TU, TELUS Corporation. That's, uh, good job, it Random. Is hanging out at a nice support. Good job. Yeah, again. I don't know. I think, I think, uh, I think it's really shortable. Random. It was up at 2740 in April, now it's down at 22. Well, a lot of people agree with you because the short interest was up 30% in June. Yeah, at Ju- look at Ju- June 7th, it was 25.44. We caught us low as 22. Oh, yeah. wow. It is at a big support, so we'll see if it rebounds from there. Uh, yeah. Support from September 2021. You want to change your pick and short random? God, I'm so tempted. Are you really? I am, because I love the, <laughs> the like, big winner, big loser setups. It's a, it's a good action. No, 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 I'll keep my till ratio. All right. Okay. Is that a show? Did we do it? I mean, we may have done it. It feels, it's been a while, so I don't know. Do you feel accomplished? Uh, no, I never do. But that's my own <laughs> issues. Uh, <laughs> there you have it, folks. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around to the end. We're, we're so glad uh, you joined us here in the shop today. Unfortunately, we got to shut it down. I know, I know. It's always got to come to an end sometime. But we will be back at you soon with another interview. And next week, we'll let you know how the bet did. And until then, happy trades. Bye, everybody. Two.
Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.